Garbage Film. This is the podcast where we link trashy movies and nerdy films, and we're here to say you can have fun watching both. They are not too different. And to prove it, we will, as always, take this week's trashy movie, pair it with something relatively arty. And uh, I remain one of your hosts, Nick, and with me is my partner and co-host, Aaron. Hi, Aaron. Hi, Nick. Say hi to the nice people. Hi to the nice people. Yep. That feels like something out of today's movie. Say hi. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> God. ventriloquy act yes it does. hi nice people <laughs> there you go <laughs> yikes <laughs> believe it or not this is not a halloween movie that we're doing even though ventriloquist dummies are absolutely the most cursed things on the planet yeah and i'm throwing this off the trail a little bit because they aren't involved in this week's movie i just feel like it's the same sense of humor <laughs> that's fair yes where ventriloquist dummies are threatening this movie is that energy, but not threatening. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, we did it. That's all, folks. Uh, thank you for joining us. Come back next time. So, of course, we're talking about what else can we be talking about? We're talking about Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Come on, Eddie, that's the humor. He always is funny, or only on days when he's wanted for murder. Because uh, we're in noir Vember, so we're this is just a classic noir story. Total classic. Yep, 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 yep. yep, yep. We joke, but it is. Yep. It has it is framed exactly like a noir movie, and I know it's for for japes, for jests. <laughs> it's a parody, but it is so good. It was like it, it just feels so silly to that this is the thing that did it, but like I loved this movie as a kid. This is what introduced sure. me to Damar. Like I didn't know what any of the tropes were. I didn't know what I was watching. It's just like yeah, cartoon fall down. <laughs> that detective shirt drinks a lot. Yeah. I was the yeah. <laughs> Delighting a child. Thanks, Bob Hoskins. Speaking of Bob Hoskins, let's talk about uh, who's in this. This is of course directed by Robert Zemeckis. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's based on a novel. Uh, who censored Roger Rabbit by Gary K. Wolf? With this. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Every time I hear that, it doesn't lodge in my brain because it doesn't make sense that this could be a novel. Yeah, like it's one of those. Oh, it's, it's literally the not most the visual thing in the yeah. world. I'll do Read it about that, please. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine it yourself. I won't do it for you. <laughs> uh, screenplay is by Jeffrey Price and Peter S. Seaman. Uh, but the real reason we're all here, we got Bob Hoskins as Eddie Valiant. Hell yeah. Christopher Lloyd as Judge Doom. Hell yeah. We got Joanna Cassidy as Dolores. She's great. Uh, Charles Fleischer as the titular rabbit, as well as uh, <laughs> Benny Cab. Uh, Kathleen Turner voicing Jessica Rabbit. The best. And, uh, of course, you got Mel Blanc in there just doing <laughs> Mel Blanking it up. Yeah. <laughs> And of course, he wasn't even supposed to be in the movie. He just, I assume, he just showed up. He was just drawn to the set. Like, what are you guys doing? Drawn to the set? Oh, 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 yeah. That's good stuff. Okay. Yeah, all the, like, all the Looney Tunes voices are pretty much like, yeah, it's like cameos if before they were trying to draw attention to that kind of thing. Yeah, that's just the world that you're inhabiting. So it has to be, yeah. Perhaps my only non-hated use of cameo. (laughs) I'm sure there must be something else, but I can't think of any. So... Yeah, take us away. Magically, this movie is from 1988, which still feels insane. Revisiting it, it is a visual gem. A feast. Yes. Uh, So let's, uh, for those that don't know Roger Rabbit, let's just run down the plot. Shame uh... on you, but also, (laughs) I'm so excited for you to watch this for the first time. It is a... A, a larf. It is a great time. It's a larf and a harf. Yep. So it's 1947 in Los Angeles, and as we all know, at that time, tunes, uh, which is short for cartoons, 
act in theatrical cartoon shorts with live action uh, in a live action film. Private detective Eddie Valiant and his brother Teddy once worked with the tunes on many cases, but after Teddy was murdered by a tune, Eddie lapsed into alcoholism, lost his sense of humor. Uh, oh, the worst crime of all. Eddie vowed to never work for tunes again. Yeah. So there's your like classic noir backstory. Tunes killed my brother. <laughs> And I mean, I love how Bob Hoskins plays it, because it's not like he's not winky, but he is just so... He's not winking to the audience, but it's just thematically winking all over the place. Yeah, it, this has a lot of the same energy as, um... Oh, who is in A Muppet Christmas Carol? Oh, uh, yeah, where, that's a freaking guy, Michael Caine. Michael Caine, where he is... The, if you digitally removed all the Muppets and put in real serious actors, the movie, his performance would still make exactly as much sense. Yes, that is a great analog. I yeah. like that a lot because it's, yeah, effectively doing the same thing. Yeah, it's you're great. playing it straight. You just happen to be acting to a creature made of ink. That's all. <laughs> or nothing. The or, camera's just yeah. running and you're just <laughs> acting against nothing. Or the classic, yeah, ball on a stick, which <laughs> I can't imagine going to drama school and then that's what you do with your life. This was early enough that they hadn't even started doing ball on a stick. <laughs> they didn't even have ball on a stick. Nope, they hadn't gotten a ball on a stick. This sounds like a joke, but I am not lying. This is the joke about the only toy you have is a ball in a cup when you're poor and, and <laughs> you're from the 50s. <laughs> stick and hoop. Yeah. <laughs> We didn't even have hoop. Anyway, please continue. <laughs> okay. Uh, so we open pretty much with R.K. Maroon, who's the head of Maroon Studios. Is uh, He's concerned about the recent poor performances of one of his stars, Roger Rabbit, uh, who in the opening he can't, like, the script calls for him to get hit on the head and have it be stars around his head, but his little birdies instead. Right. And they're like, <laughs> cut, cut, cut. I thought you were a professional. God damn it, Roger. Joel Silver yelling at him. <laughs> Is um, that Joel Silver? That's Joel Silver. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, so Maroon hires Eddie to investigate rumors about Roger's gorgeous toon wife, Jessica, uh, about her being romantically involved with Marvin Acme, who is the owner of both Acme Corporation and Toontown, which... <laughs> the owner of Toontown. Yep, he All just right. owns that. That's, That's uh, weird. Yep. So wait, sorry, the, the R.K. Maroon has Jessica investigated... So that they can figure out if this is the cause of Roger yeah, not like, being good at his job. Like, yeah, like, like if they come back and be like, oh yeah, Jessica is, is uh, like cheating, cheating on, on him. And then we can like show that to Roger and he'll understand why being at home is hard. And like it'll be hard for him for a little while, but he'll bounce back stronger than ever. Like okay. one of those, so that he's not like living in the purgatory of oh. having a sour relationship at home. Okay, all right, fair. But again, noir trope, investigate infidelity. Yes, yep. fair, all right. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, I thought you were going to bring up the owner of Toontown feels very weird for, like... Well, this. it also does, yep. Yeah. But uh, it's very much on purpose supposed to be, like, hey, I can imagine. check out how weird racism is when you apply it to cartoons. Wasn't this exactly the, like, didn't Levittown and stuff start popping up when, like, GIs were returning from the Second World War and they started building, you know, GI housing and yeah. things like that? And, like, they were like, oh, but no black people, please. <laughs> yeah, that This sounds... is a town for... And so you could build, like, suburbs that would be owned by a white person and they would be for black people. And Absolutely. Cool. Yep. Love that for us. <laughs> it's a good thing we've come so far. Oh, can you uh, imagine? <laughs> this is a show about cartoons. Come on. Um, Get it together. So Eddie goes to a tune nightclub where he watches Jessica perform. And uh, Eddie secretly photographs her with Acme playing patty cake, which that gets tossed around a lot. I think it's very cute. Uh, he shows the photos to Roger, who becomes distraught about his wife cheating on him. Uh, he has a single drink of alcohol and vanishes into the night. <laughs> 
There's a lot of like cartoon logic in that oh, one yeah. scene where Patty Cake is cheating on someone. And like that is the unwritten thing of like that is sex to cartoons. Yeah, exactly. You can't get any grosser or weirder or more explicit than playing Patty Cake. Yeah. Therefore, that's what having an affair is. The visual gag of him running through the same photos, same three photos. And they turn into a film reel. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, and then Roger has one swig of, like, maybe two fingers of whiskey. Yeah. And steam shoots out of his ears, and he flies into the air and escapes. He leaves, yeah. like, the... the Roger Rabbit-shaped <laughs> hole in the wall as he yeah. Yeah, off. Uh, fun fact, just because we're talking about that drink, there was a, a brewery that offered to pay a couple hundred thousand to, like be the drink that he drinks. Oh, nice. Uh, and the people writing, like the producers, were like, you know that it makes him go crazy, right? Like, his head basically explodes. Like, oh yeah, you're great. Someone? Yeah. yeah, that's what it does. <laughs> we want that. They didn't wind up going with it, but I just think it's funny that they got the full information like, yeah, yeah, we want yeah, that. Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> that's actually great. Uh, but the next morning, Acme is discovered dead in his factory and all evidence points to Roger being responsible. Which is where we get our title. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, While investigating, Eddie meets Judge Doom, Toontown's sinister superior court judge, and his weaselly henchmen, who are literal weasels. Uh, (laughs) He uses a chemical substance capable of destroying the otherwise invulnerable tune known as the dip, which gave children like me nightmares. uh, Yeah, there's no way that you see this and you don't suffer a little bit in your soul. Oh, it's etched in my mind forever. Like, yeah. I saw this and I, uh, Aliens I saw way oh, too young. Christ. But yeah, oh, But this is right. the one that stuck with me more. Even though they both have this, like, thing that will eat away yeah. at you. Okay. Don't know why. <laughs> Messed up. It's so dark in the middle. It's, it's like someone... The, the implicit backstory is someone had to think up a way to murder cartoons in the slowest way possible. Yeah. In the most permanent and painful way yep. you can. Because otherwise they can't die. They're yeah. Terrible. You could literally drop a piano on them. Eddie uh, later runs into Roger's Toon co-star, Baby Herman, who believes Roger is innocent and that Acme's missing will, which will give uh, Toontown's ownership to the Toons themselves, may be the key to his murder. Uh, In his office, Eddie finds Roger, who begs him to uh, help exonerate him, and uh, Eddie reluctantly agrees. We have a fun little hide scene with uh, the weasels jumping through Eddie's apartment, uh, and then they get to Dolores' bar where they hide him in, like, an old bootlegger uh, back room. Yes, right. Which is great. Get some very good visual gags in there. You get his eyes through the peephole, knocking over drinks. Yeah. (laughs) Because they're 3D. Yep. (laughs) Uh, After he's hidden away there, Jessica approaches Eddie and says that Maroon forced her to pose for the photographs so he could blackmail Acme. So we're getting into our, like, convoluted noir stuff here. (laughs) It's good. The beginning of the Maltese Vulcan where you're like, wait, you're working for who? (laughs) Throughout hiding, uh, the little, like, running around hide-and-seek that they play with Roger, uh, Eddie catches a newsreel detailing the sale of maroon cartoons to Cloverleaf Industries, a mysterious corporation that bought the city's Pacific Electric Transit System shortly before Acme's murder. A good public transit story. It's always, always <laughs> yeah. a good time. Uh, Eddie goes to the studio to interrogate Maroon, leaving Roger to guard outside, but he is kidnapped by Jessica. Uh, Maroon tells Eddie that he blackmailed Acme into selling his company so he could sell the studio that admits he only did it out of fear for the safety of the tunes. Maroon is then killed by an unseen assailant before he can explain the consequences of the missing will. Uh, Eddie spots Jessica fleeing the scene and assuming she is the culprit follows her to Toontown. 
Which is a living nightmare. Yes, madness ensues. <laughs> like, it feels so complicated reading all this, and this is why one of the reasons yes. I love this movie so much is between making it and plotting it, nightmare. Awful. No one was impossible. in their right mind. Yeah. <laughs> this is the event horizon of, like, kid-friendly <laughs> movies. And yet it comes out in, like, such a digestible way. Yeah. Just... You just never question any of it. It's great. Movie magic. Uh, but exploring Toontown, great time. My favorite Mickey Mouse line of all time. <laughs> the, oh, you're, you're gonna die. You're gonna get killed. <laughs> or whatever it is. Uh, so great. Uh, but once Eddie finds Jessica, she reveals that it was Judge Doom who killed Acme and Maroon, and that the former uh, judge gave, or wait. I know. I have written this so poorly. I was like, I'll get it when I read it. Uh, once he finds her, Jessica reveals that it was Doom who killed Acme and Maroon, and that Acme gave her his will for safekeeping, but it was just a blank piece of paper. Uh-oh, what do you oh, no. do with that? What are we going to do? Uh, but then they get captured by the weasels, so... Right. Can't really do anything. So the upshot is, it was Doom. He's been trying to get his hands on the will. This is, yeah, I feel like all noir stories have this thing where it feels like it's spiraling out of control and you can't, <laughs> yeah. they purposefully plot it in such a way that you can't keep track of the details well enough, otherwise you know the... I result. feel like that's right, and then you're you're not omniscient, you're not screaming at the detective like, why don't you understand what's going <laughs> on? Because you also don't understand what's going on totally. Yeah. And you're very suspicious. You're like, wait, but is that all? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Go back movie. to the other thing. What about that one detail? <laughs> Who are you? What's going on? <laughs> Peter Falk walks in and says another thing. <laughs> He'd be good in this. He would Columbo be Toontown. Yeah, no, I want to. Yeah, yeah, right? That could, yeah, just one season of Columbo where it's all tunes. <laughs> where he... <laughs> no, it's With never discussed. no explanation. <laughs> <laughs> they never reference it again. Peter Falk won't talk about it in an interview. It's like... I don't know, it's just normal TV. Yeah, he's a great co-star to work with. Bugs is a, he's a doll. Uh, but anyway. We can dream. We're back at the Acme factory, where Doom reveals himself as the sole shareholder of Cloverleaf Industries and explains his plot to destroy Toontown with a machine loaded with dip to build a freeway in its place and force people to drive it once he has the transit system decommissioned. So it is this insanely complex way of just being like, I'll just have a monopoly on the interstate. <laughs> I'm privatizing this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh. uh, privatization. God damn it. <laughs> uh, Bad but, even in cartoons. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> your cartoon designed for children is to teaching them, showing them basically why privatization is wrong, yeah, and yet still people feel it's good. <laughs> Literally willing to steamroller people. <laughs> To build a freeway. Uh, and then, once again, madness ensues. Roger unsuccessfully attempts to save Jessica and is coupled uh, onto the hook with her in front of the dip machine. Uh, and he performs a comedic vaudeville act full of pratfalls. Just, like, tour de force from Bob Hoskins. Absolute, uh, yeah. MVP of, like... <laughs> Sacrificing your body for the play. Oh, so is this this is what this scene is. Uh, which this uh this all these pratfalls cause the weasels to die of laughter. Uh, <laughs> which is the thing that can happen to you with yeah, a cartoon. It seems to be the one other way to kill two. Yeah, yeah, this is, yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, but then uh, Doom and he fight uh, <laughs> gets run over by a steamroller, but Doom survives, revealing himself not only as a disguised tune, but the tune that murdered Eddie's brother. Big dun dun dun, and here's where more nightmares come in. If you're a child watching this, just all of the, the flattened doom and the big crazy eyes he's got. Insane eyes. Oh, <laughs> gross. Uh, Eddie eventually defeats Doom by emptying the dip machine and drenching him in the dip supply, destroying him once and for all. Dun dun dun. 
Again. <laughs> the emptied machine crashes through the wall in Toontown, which is destroyed by a train, which, fun fact, if you pause every window on the train, there is a shot of a murder occurring. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Disney animators. <laughs> Death train. <laughs> uh, as the police and uh, the tunes gather at the scene, Eddie reveals Doom's guilt in Acme's murder to the police, clearing Roger's name. And Eddie recovers, uh, discovers that Roger inadvertently wrote a love letter to Jessica on Acme's will, which has been written in one of his gags, Disappearing, Reappearing Ink. Uh, and it says that Toontown is now uh, property of the Toons, which is a good, happy ending. And uh, having regained his sense of humor, Eddie happily enters Toontown with Dolores alongside all the other Toons who are singing so out of key and so bad. Just so. a gratingly, <laughs> like, finale chorus line song. Yeah. It's good shit. Yeah, God, I didn't know what it would be like to hear the plot of Roger Rabbit <laughs> spoken out loud all in one go, but... No, this is yeah. This is a movie. As I mentioned, I grew up with a lot. Did I? Mm. Is this one of the ones that I showed to you, or had you already? Yes, seen? Yeah? I hadn't okay. seen it for the longest time. I think there's like there's another movie about cartoons coming to life, but it's like insanely sleazy. And I think I oh. thought they were the same for a while. It's like a, a lady cartoon becomes real so that she can fuck this guy, like the the oh illustrator or something. I don't know. And it's not like. A porno, like it's a it's a <laughs> movie that you could like rent in Blockbuster, pretty much, right? Like, and so I was like, oh, this is a weird genre that I don't enjoy, you know? <laughs> I've never seen that movie, but I was like, I just don't see the appeal of this. And so I thought this movie was the same. Roger Rabbit was like the same. Well, like, it's with how not- obsessed certain groups are on the internet of, with Jessica Rabbit. It's got That's, a real, yeah. like, it's for furries and it's also for people who love breasts. It's There's a real overlap there. So I get it. I get that internet pervs are... But that's are not you. You are, you don't fall into that Venn diagram. That's so true. Yeah. There you go. You didn't think it was for you. Exactly. But, boy was I wrong. Because <laughs> it's also about just, like, just how wonderfully stupid cartoons are Mm -hmm. and i didn't really realize yeah i thought it was just one of these i was also i watched the ralph bakshi lord of the rings when i was like 12 and (laughs) i was like yeah i don't think i really get this so anything what is the relation there yes stay with me anything that blends live action and like hand animation i was like i don't think so i'm (laughs) good thank you (laughs) so yes i had not seen this before you showed it to me well i feel like this is the one, like, you've got numerous other examples of blend real life and animation. Space jams are what's coming to mind. Oh, sure. Space is Also jam. never seen that. Um, but, like, they're not good. Uh, <laughs> and this one is good. So this is, like, this, out of everything we've mentioned, this is the one good this one. This is the one I should see. Yeah, this is personal bias. Like, this is just <laughs> the one I like, I guess I should say. But I, I can see this being the only one that I actually enjoy. Yeah. yeah. In part because Bob Hoskins rules. Bob Hoskins rules. Like, there's so much commitment. It's not just like, hey, look, a real person and a cartoon person are on the screen together. What do you think of that? Like, like that, to me, is what Space Jam is a little yeah, bit. Yeah, and Space Jam is, like, three or four years later, and mm, I have not seen it in years, but I wrote, I like I had grown up with Who Framed Roger Ever. I remember seeing Space Jam and being like, I can tell that Michael Jackson... Michael Jackson. <laughs> Michael Jordan has no idea what he's looking at or right. how to like didn't didn't yeah. He's not an actor to so the bit, yeah. of course, but sure. at the same time nobody nobody does it like Bob Hoskins. Mm. That's just I'm going to get that to- tattooed on my chest. <laughs> nobody does it like Bob Hoskins. Uh, it's true in any scenario. Yeah. So yeah, no I had not seen this and I'm really sad that I waited, but it's also definitely something you can watch for the first time as an adult and just yeah. be like 
Yes. Now I like the adult parts of it. Yeah. That and that's the experience because like I feel like until I showed it to you, I hadn't seen it since I was a kid. Right. So this was a, a real like oh hey jokes I get. Yeah. Neat. Oh oh. <laughs> Patty K. Okay. <laughs> okay. Here we go. All right. <laughs> yep. Uh, and that it's like it, uh, I feel like it could be so hack or bad. Like there's so many things that could have gone wrong in it, but it is yeah like. The internal logic of both of these worlds combined. That's what it is, though, right? It's that yeah. they respect the shit out of the cartoon logic. Yeah. And, like, yeah, it's ridiculous. But it's it has there's a system there, and if you follow that system, things are very funny because they're jokes based on, like, the reality that you're living in. Yeah. And, and the context of it, like being part of you know quote unquote the real world and yeah no it's it's really it don't miss <laughs> it works it works it works but uh the thing that i like such a friggin nerd watching this as an adult i'm just like how many how many lawyers just got so rich off of writing up the paperwork <laughs> for the contracts for the appearances of cartoons oh. in this movie. <laughs> yeah. The only time in history where anyone's like, yeah, anyone's kid got sent to college for making <laughs> cartoon for Mickey Mouse reasons. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Like, I can't, I literally, I cannot come up with another example. I was trying to find another example of, you go to like Ready Player One or the Space Jams mm. today. All of those franchise movies are, here's everything we own. Here's all the intellectual property we own. And this yes. movie is the only example I can find of that style of movie where there's two different owners that would have had to negotiate every single on-screen presence. Yes. You know what? That's why I don't, it doesn't feel soulless in the same way mm. that those like, look at our IP because now we own 90% of the world's entertainment. Like yeah. it doesn't feel like that because it's look at all these things that are great, regardless of who owns them. Like mm -hmm. these were a big part of all of our childhoods, regardless of like what fucking shell company <laughs> oversees their management now? And, like, top to bottom of, like, the writers, directors, and producers, they're all, like, they watched Warner Brothers and Looney Tunes and yeah. Disney growing up. So they're just like, oh, let's have the two ducks have dueling pianos and trying to kill each other. It's like, really good. <laughs> they're the ones pulling the strings on that, and then it becomes down to the lawyers, like, okay. How much da is it going to cost for us to rent Daffy Duck? Yeah. Yeah. If he appears first, but speaks second, <laughs> like, oh, that's the way that the, all the things were written up is whoever oh, appears God, first for the pairs they would have to speak second so that <laughs> even though they get the first appearance, they don't get the first line. So we are writing these contracts based on the egos <laughs> of cartoon ducks. Yep. And I mean, that is ah. just all of Hollywood. You just have this extra layer yeah, of, I'm but it's a cartoon. Yeah, I'm thinking Brenner and Steve McQueen, except <laughs> now it's Daffy Duck and Donald Duck. <laughs> That's, that's, I don't know. <laughs> now I'm just picturing the Magnificent Seven with Looney yeah, Tunes as with, the Seven. But Yul Brynner is real and everyone else is a cartoon. <laughs> oh, this is one of those things where like picture a, the one real person yeah, and everybody yeah, else is exactly. Muppets. It's that I it's choose a... Magnificent Seven. <laughs> oh no, wait, Tuco has to be, or Tuco, fucking. Um, <laughs> excuse me, I died. Um, this oh. is going to be embarrassing for me. I can't remember his name. But yeah, why can't I remember his name either? The, the bandit. He's real, and everyone else is a Muppet. Yeah, that's I'd accept the that. kind of energy I need. But do you do where it's like Yul Brenner, a Yul Brenner Muppet, or is yes. he Kermit like that? Oh, oh, right. Is it a? I feel like that never. If you're gonna have the person, just have the person. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, I, I feel like we're getting slightly off course. Yes, I'm here, sorry. So I'm gonna... That's that's amazing. <laughs> I can't believe they had to work out like 
each duck's agent had to be satisfied with their billing status. That's why like, they always appear in pairs, so that nobody got nobody. extra. Like, the, the example that all the things point to are, like, at the end, Porky Pig gets the, that's all folks, and that would normally be the end, but then Tinkerbell yes. just comes by and goes like, boop! <laughs> yeah, right, right, okay. And that's, she has to, like, okay... Porky Pig is on screen, he gets the last line, but Tinkerbell is what takes us out. Like, I can feel that being, like, Ugh. going home from the office and be like, sweetie, you won't... <laughs> you will absolutely We got the Tinkerbell clothes. <laughs> we nailed it down. <laughs> oh, my God. That is great. I would love to see that paperwork. Like, the closest thing now would, like... Who owns Sonic? Like, I feel like if you had, like, Mario and Sonic on screen together, that would be... Yeah, imagine that, yeah. Where the... And, but the, the beautiful thing about this movie is the point of it is not to marry IPs. Like, yes. I could see there being, like, a crossover event, like, Marvel and DC or whatever. Mm. Don't come after me if you know about these things. I don't care. Um, <laughs> if it was marketed... Like, the only way that would happen is if it was marketed as a crossover event and the crossover was the, the point reason, of it. yeah. Yeah. But this just happens to be they're all in the same movie. Yeah. Because, like, you take it from the book and... I could be wrong. I tried to find info on this. But in the book, it is just, it's all made up cartoons. Like, it's Ah, not, it's not the existing, because that author would have been sued. (laughs) Sued the crap out of, yeah. (laughs) So Roger Rabbit isn't real. He doesn't belong to No, Roger Rabbit doesn't exist. Robert Zemeckis. (laughs) Rude! (laughs) I'm sorry, this is how you have to find out. (laughs) (laughs) No! Okay. Uh, Oh my god. Yeah. Wow. Do you think they would have used, like, Mickey Mouse if they could get away with it? (laughs) He's, he's making, oh, you know, no, 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 I mean, like, as the, as the, I am sure it would have been a, like, uh, like maybe he's the third act, like, he shows up and he's like, he's been pulling the strings all along and he's one scene or something like that. He's Judge Doom. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Uh, that is great. Yeah. So, uh, let's talk a little bit about the, how they made this insane movie. Oh my God. There's like, pretty much if you look up any part of this movie, every aspect of it was so hard. This is a classic, like... For a lot of Zemeckis movies early on, it was like, well, let's just invent the technology to right. do this. So yes. he's a real, like, George Lucas-styled guy in that way of, like, I'm going to make a, a movie around what I want the special effects to be, kind of. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So they are Disney animated. It's, okay. like, that's the that's main the house, that, okay. house doing it. And they had all, oh, my God, they had all these uh, negotiations over, like, okay, we want them to be drawn like they would have been drawn in 1940. Oh. And then the Disney people being like, no, we like how they look now, so we're going to do it like they did it. And it this became, is our like, brand. Yeah, a weird mix of them. Interesting. Uh, but for this movie, animation director Richard Williams wanted to break the three rules that were previously... They were the conventions for any attempt at combining live action and animation. Okay. Uh, first, uh, you for these crossovers, you should not move the camera. It makes it so hard for the anima- animator. Never move the camera. Right. Makes sense. Uh, second, uh, never use lighting and shadows as often as possible. Like, just okay. don't employ them. <laughs> <laughs> Seems impossible, but, but all right. it, it's that thing that makes it look so fake. Totally, uh, yes, if yeah. the lighting doesn't match. And yeah. third, uh, never have the cartoon interact with a real world object. So they absolutely fucking smashed all these rolls to pieces. Yeah, yeah, this like he went and he's like, okay, we're going to move the camera all over the place. We are gonna, <laughs> there's shadows everywhere. I don't care. Real lighting. Bob Hoskins and Roger Rabbit will make out with tongue. Like, <laughs> I think you got your clip right there. That's... <laughs> you mean my new ringtone? <laughs> oh my god. Uh, you're saying the quiet part out loud. <laughs> Just your, <laughs> the innermost desire coming to... 
need this in my life. <laughs> oh my God, maybe I am an internet perv. This yeah, maybe I was is say, for me. It's All a right. lot something with me. <laughs> Um, oh, yeah, and, and that there's so much tunes interacting with real things. That's in this. the whole fucking movie. Yeah, like if you hate this movie, you could watch it just to be like, "Wow, that octopus is holding eight cups." Like, yes, yeah, <laughs> and he is. He's holding eight cups. It's crazy. Um, but uh, the reason I wanted to mention all this, and this is like, if you're into animation, you know this already. But uh, there's a scene when they go into the bootleg. Uh, bar where uh, Eddie is hiding Roger. Right. They go into the, the back Dolores room works. and Roger is a cartoon. They're smashing it all the things all over the place and they bump uh, the overhead lamp and yes. just shadows go everywhere. Oh yeah, it's one of these hanging, yeah. Yeah. And today, bump the lamp is the term used by Disney employees to refer to going an extra mile for animation uh, because of how realistic and basically perfect the the shadows sure roger's shadow is in all of that like they have to draw his shadow in <laughs> and like but it also yeah and it has to match okay all right right it's, like, it's just to sync up the it's not even okay let's draw the rabbit that's okay let's draw the rabbit interpolate the angle of the light hitting the rabbit mm-hmm. and what would be caught in shadow and what would be just sm- like oh my god so like and somebody's not, job not, yes oh I'm sure that was one person's job <laughs> and they worked for it on, for, on it for three years like and just you don't need to there's no reason for him to bump the lamp other than it's funny yeah and it, well it's delighting audiences to it this very day <laughs> I'm delighted right now thinking yeah, about it I am you can huh. see my face you can see I'm delighted <laughs> I can the sun just came out this is uh, a <laughs> bump the lamp yeah I so. love that that's so uh Animators. And I couldn't find the exact thing of this, but I believe Pixar's lamp that hops is <laughs> that's supposed to be like a cute nod to a it. A little nod. I wondered. Yeah. I was, yeah. Okay. yeah. Uh, so because of this Absolutely way of animating insane shit, undertaking. the way that they had to shoot this movie was roughly in this order. First, you shoot the live action film as though there would be no animation. So just shoot a movie. Okay. And like I said, there's no rubber ball. They hadn't figured that out for eyelines yet. So what they had was properly sized Roger Rabbit molds, like plastic molds. That they would just like <laughs> plop into spot and be, and then Charles Fleischer would stand off screen in a Roger Rabbit uh, costume. Which was his, he wanted that. That oh, was his idea. Okay. I'm sure he did. <laughs> and he would read the lines and so people would have stuff to look at. Okay. And, but that's like, that's for really big setups where the camera isn't moving and that kind of thing. Usually sure. it is just Charles Fleischer standing off screen and Bob Hoskins Just like leaving room for yeah. the cartoons. Yeah. Okay. All right. So framing everything as though you're expecting something to be there, yeah, yeah. but you have no idea what it's going to be. Uh, Bob Hoskins uh, said that he didn't know what Jessica Rabbit looked like until... He saw the movie for the first time. Oh, Christ, really? Like, he had okay. no idea. The, he was told. They didn't show him any no, of this? No, <laughs> the, like, it, well, get to it a little bit, but, like, the live action portion and the animating portion was so separate. I mean, uh, sure, you're that, just working with, <laughs> the shooting is just, okay, we have our raw footage. Like, literally now all the, the animation begins. happened in a different country, in a different <laughs> continent. Sure, sure, uh, yeah. Yeah, so okay. they didn't see... The direction given to Bob Hoskins was, imagine your sexual fantasy that you're interacting with that. <laughs> yeah. And he went on to say, when it came out, he's like, oh, that is so much more risque. Jessica Rabbit is so much more risque than my sexual fantasy was. <laughs> like, he got, like, embarrassed a little watching. He's like, oh, my. Robert! <laughs> That's so precious. Uh, oh, my God. But for scenes where the tunes interacted with props, they would just have, like, a radio-controlled machine that would be animated over afterwards. So to oh, okay. Picture, okay. like, Baby Herman with a cigar. Yeah, That's yeah. just a, like, 
a claw machine just okay. moving it back <laughs> and forth. Waving a claw. Yeah. And then you literally just draw over yeah. the film. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. This, this is very just like, yep, that's the solution. It feels so straight ahead, but you just, yeah. it feels like with the final product, like, no, it's got to be more... Like, it's, gotta be, it's gotta be more like elegant than that no yeah. I drew pictures on the film <laughs> I painted I over the machine want. this is a real like doctors going to Home Depot for surgical tools like, yeah. yeah I need a saw what do you want <laughs> where am I going to go <laughs> huh then once the live action movie is shot edit the entire movie complete the entire live action movie your movie's done like okay. that's get you to that level a movie yeah because if you start animating anything on the not edited oh, portion God, it yeah. takes so long. Yeah. There was an example Fair. of a 10 second scene that eventually got, that was one of the few that got cut that they had to animate. And it was roughly nine weeks of just working on that scene and oh nothing my else. God. So yeah, you finish the movie and then you hand it over to the animation house. Yep. Yeah. That I can totally see. So the live action and then the post-production for the live action, that was about eight months. Okay. Which is like, that's pretty quick for a movie. Is it? Okay. But... Also, half your actors aren't there, so like... <laughs> <laughs> you actually had very little to do, let's be yeah. honest. Uh, and then uh, the third step is hand-draw every frame. Right. Go through the uh, weird, I don't understand it, movie magic printmaking thing. Okay. Uh, that takes twice as long as it normally would for animation. So not only are you making... You're making three movies. You're making a live-action movie, an animated movie, and then basically what is late 80s computer animated movie... Because you have to okay. run through this weird editing process to combine all the footage. Okay, okay, I, I can picture that. So it was the hardest thing in the world, I think? I have to assume so. It had the largest budget of anything animated until that time. I was, who yeah. greenlit this? What kind of fucking cocaine did <laughs> well, we get by the end of the 80s then? It, they started into it in the early 80s. Like, Robert Zemeckis saw the script and was like, yeah, I want to do the... Or maybe it was just the book at that point. But Sure. People were like, oh, this is Zemeckis kid. He had a good first movie. He would be perfect for this. And they started pitching it. And Disney was just like, this is insane. No, we're not doing this. Are you out of your mind? It is literally an impossible movie to make. Right, right. <laughs> it will literally break the cardinal rules of our profession. And literally uh, Back to the Future came out and they're like, okay... This is visually, like, the, we don't understand, like, people watching at the time were like, we don't understand how you did the visuals in some of this. Like, oh. the DeLorean disappearing, like, driving into Marty and Doc, and it sure. vanishes. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. That was, people were like, that's, that is impossible. And oh. Zemeckis was just like, it was easy. We just did these three things. And it, he was so DIY about it that they were like, yeah. I guess. I mean, if you can do it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. All yeah. right. So it What took a trailblazer. Yeah. yeah. But, like, the development process started in, like, when was Back to the Future? Like, 80... 85. 85. Like, it started that year. Okay. So all it right. took a solid three years, yeah. So along with all the animation stuff, the, the dip ingredients that Judge Doom reads off, they are turpentine, acetone, benzene. Those are just paint thinners that animators use to, like, erase things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know that. It's like, yeah, those, like, paint thinners, uh, like, wallpaper strippers, some, some of those. Yeah. Yeah. Nail polish remover. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. it's just that, but stronger in a barrel. <laughs> Fumes coming off it? Mm. Okay. Uh, speaking of Doom, though, I like that he... There mm. were... This is a movie that, like, there are 
10 times more concepts that got dropped than actually <laughs> make it in the sure. movie because it just became a, like uh that's too hard yeah <laughs> can't do that we only have so much life force we yeah. can put into this <laughs> one of them the doom wasn't originally supposed to have a cartoon vulture sitting on his shoulder that was going to be like Aww. a bailiff or a yeah. uh like one of just yeah court- a courtroom person yeah that's cute um but having something permanently on his shoulder moving with all of his movements was just they were the animators like no i would rather die oh (laughs) actually i quit yeah Yeah, okay yeah so too many technical challenges there was a scene scripted where he'd have a suitcase full of a dozen small animated joey kangaroos okay little little kangaroo court yeah Oh, uh, they would <laughs> pile you. out of the briefcase, and each would hold a little letter, and it would add up to "You are guilty." <laughs> <laughs> I love that all of the things that got cut are personality traits that would make it obvious he's a bad judge. <laughs> yeah. like, and they still kept Judge Doom. Yeah, that's his name, but. But part of the thing with the movie is they're like, yeah, corruption is everybody sees the corruption. So we're just we're just animating it. We're just going to put it on film. <laughs> yeah. Uh, That's really cute. And also Tim Curry auditioned for Judge Doom. Uh, Ooh. But he was he didn't make it past the audition round because they found him far too scary. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. I was excited and then I was frightened. Which ah, too scary. Yeah. <laughs> they went with Christopher what? Lloyd doing yeah. his shit. And they painted his eyes a glowing red. Yeah. That was what they wanted. What the fuck happened in that audition? If anyone has like, any idea what Tim Curry did in his audition for Judge Doom. People in the hallway watching Ted, Ted Tim Curry go in. And just like a minute later, a producer running crying yeah. down the hall. <laughs> he just leaves quietly. They're all weeping inside. <laughs> prone on the floor. Uh, oh boy. Yeah. Oh, what could have been? <laughs> But I love Christopher Lloyd, so oh, it's good to see him there. Yep, yeah. yep, yep. Which yeah. the way the way he said he approached playing Judge Doom was, oh, I like the last big movie I did was uh, Search for Spock, where I played a Klingon. Sure. I just played the Klingon. <laughs> I just acted the same way. I just, yeah, he's got that big thundering delivery, yep. and yeah, he doesn't blink on camera, just that right. kind of thing. Right. Yep. Yes. Yeah. What's the deal with his eyes? It's a lens. Yeah, I guess it's a contact lens. Okay. He's gotten All right. Yeah. So spooky. He, yeah. You know what? It's the perfect mix of like Bob Hoskins is not not serious per se, but like grounded. Yeah, that's the way it is. Yeah. Grounded. It's not serious. It's and Christopher Lloyd is, you know, ultimately he turns out to be a tune and he does like, he's the most grandiose and like all over the place actor. Yeah. In a, in a good way. Like it's, yeah. you know. And you take that and you add in the things of like dip falls on the floor and he jumps out of the way so mm-hmm. it doesn't touch him. He never shows skin. He looks yeah. like a ghost. Like <laughs> he looks absolutely bananas. In one of those it's just really like funny. we're doing foreshadowing for kids. It's yeah. very obvious kids. He's His not name's a good... Judge Doom. <laughs> Do you get it? More about Judge Doom though. I like this. Yes. Uh, in the first scene that takes place in uh, RK Maroon's office, there's a poster of a character named Pistol Packin Possum. Oh yeah, sure. Uh, he holds a long gun and it's always pointed at Maroon no matter how he's blocked. Oh, uh, and it's okay. the same gun that uh, Judge Doom uses. Oh, yeah, shit, yeah. And it's, it, like, slides out from the crack in the door. Yeah, and yeah. it's the gun that kills Maroon. Right. It's the gun that in Toontown you see him holding it. Yeah. Um, and nice. uh, on the posters, Pistol Pack and Possum sports uh, what are called burning red eyes. Oh. Uh, so in my headcanon, between the gun and the eyes, that's who's in the skin suit. <laughs> it's Just a, a possum from, like, 40s westerns? Uh, yeah. <laughs> 
the least, just a little rodent, just a little yeah. fucking rodent <laughs> that everybody hates. Yeah. <laughs> Bless possums. They're they're wonderful. I love we possums. Think they're cute. But I just I like that as like <laughs> yeah. you can have your own little tune head cannon about this movie. I love that. <laughs> Uh, one thing they, that they did for technical reasons they got rid of as well, there were supposed to be seven weasels. Uh, there's only <laughs> there's five. Too many weasels. But it's <laughs> too many weasels. But it's because there were supposed to be seven dwarf uh, parodies. Oh. <laughs> um, and they were, were they supposed... not permitted? No, no, no. It was literally just like, we gotta get this movie done. <laughs> Can we cut anything? Less weasels, you guys. Come on. It already feels like there's too many. It does. I, I lose yeah. track of them. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I read that there were five, like, trying to count out, like, okay, I know the zoot suit guy in charge. Right. There's the dumb guy. There's the, the yeah. The, the, the guy in the straight jacket. Yeah. And then I'm just, I'm already running out. I, in my head, there are three. <laughs> yeah. It's like the hyenas from Lion King. It's that energy. Yeah. Very much. Okay. But, yeah, there's supposed to be seven dwarves, and they were supposed to be stupid, smartass, greasy, wheezy, psycho. Those are the five that exist. Okay. Uh, the two that got cut were slimy and sleazy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad we didn't have to witness Sleazy Weasel. <laughs> uh, yeah, great. I feel like there's... I could see cutting those two, too, because you're trying to figure out, like, okay, what's in Slimy's domain? What's in Sleazy's domain? Yeah. There's too much crossover <laughs> there's here. There's a lot of crossover, yeah. yeah. Holy crap. We love the weasels that we have. Love the weasels that you have. <laughs> Appreciate your existing weasels, yeah. people. Uh, are you interested in knowing about what the how the book goes? Like, the book is different oh. than this. <laughs> Um, yeah. What, like, what did they not keep? Or it, it's, it's super different. So oh. in the book, Roger is six feet tall. Uh, he's <laughs> like, the design is not the same at all, but mm. whatever. That's just movies. Uh, but he is second banana to Baby Herman. Baby Herman's the star. Oh, okay, I guess it's sure. the same as this movie too. But it's the same setup. Eddie Valiant and, and uh, Roger Rabbit are like buddies going through. Um, Roger works for the DeGreasy Brother Cartoon Syndicate. Okay. It really does follow a lot of the same setup. Valiant interrogates suspects for various things for the degreasies he's just kind of the like oh picture um josh brolin in uh uh friggin oh now i'm losing it uh which there's so many noirs that have him <laughs> are there i okay um, it's right i'm pointing josh to it brolin. in front of it. the coen brothers movie with <laughs> the hollywood oh, studios josh brolin is oh 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 um hail caesar he's, hail the, caesar, he's yes. eddie mannix he, he's the like He's yeah. more than just the studio detective, but he's he's sure, doing sure, sure. studio detective sure. stuff. That's who Eddie Valiant is supposed to be in the book. Ew, okay. Oh, that was such a long walk to get there. I'm sorry. <laughs> but we got there. We, we got did. there. Uh, so throughout, he's like interrogating Baby Herman. Jessica Rabbit is Roger's ex-wife. Because okay. Roger Rabbit is like a has-been kind of. Okay. Um, he's uh, more bitter. So he's like investigating why Roger's... Becoming a has-been. Okay. Uh, when he goes to Roger's house and finds uh, Roger's corpse lying over the banister, soaking in a pool of his own blood. What? Yeah, so he's dead in, in it. Uh, but as he's going through, he's like, oh, there's this other rabbit that I can't like keep missing. Who is it? Who is it? And it turns out that that's Roger's twin. The doppelgangers are a big thing because okay. you can just draw another one. Oh, that's <laughs> dark. Yeah. Okay. Roger's doppelganger begs the tune-hating detective to prove his innocence and clear his name because he's being framed for it as like, you're his evil brother. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. God so it, damn it. So it's not who, it's not even who framed Roger Rabbit. It's who framed Roger Rabbit's brother who... <laughs> may still have done the murder and he's just stringing yeah. it along like it's it's much who murdered roger rabbit yeah. is the idea here but it's called who censored robert roger rabbit and it's a lot more all right 
Uh, I think it is a lot more sleazy than this movie that we have, but there you It go. certainly sounds a little darker off the bat. Yep. All right. Yep, yep. So you can just draw people in order to murder them? I you guess. can create them specifically for murder purposes? Like, it's a much more loose world, I feel like. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's... You need the rules. So, yeah. Well, it so when it doesn't matter. When this is based on the book, this is like, oh, we took the idea of... The two main characters, and that's it. Sure, great. <laughs> like, like, there's no judge in. What if in cartoons it. real? Yeah. Go, yeah. yeah. Okay, pretty much. All yeah, right. cartoons real in the forties. Ooh, mm. <laughs> all right. And the last thing I got for you is just to talk about Bob Hoskins a little bit, um, because he rules. Yep. He uh, prepared for this movie. He said that like, I thought that I remembered reading as a kid that like, oh, he went to like mime school or whatever and all this stuff. No, okay. he just played with his daughter who was like five or six, who had imaginary friends, and he just acted like they were real. And that was his, he did that for the entire time leading up to during the movie. Okay. Just to make it happen. There's a famous story about how uh, uh, his son was furious with him and like wouldn't talk to him for like weeks. And eventually he like sat him down. He's like, what's what's bugging you? And uh, the son was like, you always bring me to sets to meet famous people and you didn't let me meet bugs bunny <laughs> it's oh, just like no. oh i'm gonna ruin oh. your little childhood brain right yep. now <laughs> are you sitting down son mm. that's so harsh yeah <laughs> you have to be like no redirect your little child anger also i'm killing your dreams yeah uh let's go through these and all while we're here santa yeah. claus isn't real no <laughs> tooth fairy um what else we got no tooth fairy <laughs> easter bunny not real <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, Easter Bunny is real, but he hates you. <laughs> yeah, they just really redirected this into like, oh, they're, they're, what about the Easter Bunny, Dad? Oh, yeah, he's real. Watch out for that guy. Yeah. He's messed up. <laughs> He'll kill you. He'll fucking stab you. You saw Judge Doom in the movie? It's like that. <laughs> oh, that poor kid. Yeah. But everybody's... Well, testament to the movie. Yeah. And everybody like... Going through all the behind-the-scenes stuff, everybody's like, oh, yeah, Bob Hoskins is what made this movie. It was, like, this otherworldly yes. aspect of being able to focus on negative space in a specific way yeah. that you knew where he was talking to whatever. Yeah. Like, uh, all of the animators went on to say that it was... They were scared of doing this movie because, like, this is going to look <laughs> awful. Well, it's gonna. It's really, like, they have to provide this solid yeah. foundation for it to, like, illuminate Bob Hoskins' performance or, or whatever. Yeah, and they were just, like, it. they made, he made the animator's jobs so simple. That's wonderful. Yeah, and, like, you look at, there if you, uh, like, look at any of the special features behind the scenes bits, you can watch him doing his green screen stuff for... Oh, nice. The Toontown yeah. uh, spots. And it is like, you know it's a green like it's a green screen. You know he's not interacting with cartoons, but you see him in the green screen like, this makes no sense that it looks, oh. that it doesn't, like it, it must look like shit. Yeah. How, how could a human make this look good? And it just looks great. I think I have seen like where he's going up in the elevator that yeah. goes really fast. And so he gets flattened on the, the floor of the elevator. Yeah. Yeah. I have seen that bit. It is, it is surprising how little tweaking is needed to fit him into Toontown. Yeah. And they said that they had to do numerous takes off of the green screen stuff. And ultimately they just went with like all of the takes looked so much the same. Like he was able to nail it every time. Oh, that's so cool. just like, ah. but the downside is. Oh, what? Uh, this is a quote from him after he uh, 
wrapped when he was doing like after press where he could like not badmouth the movie but just talk more honestly <laughs> just let out his breath yeah. quote i had to learn to hallucinate to do it properly <laughs> after doing it for six months 16 hours a day i lost control of it and i sort of had weasels and rabbits popping out of walls at me oh my god uh he it sounds kind of like a joke like he would laugh that off but he was deadly serious like he went to doctors to be like i need to stop seeing rabbits oh my god i was talking to a woman the other day who had a big head and a weasel popped out of it at me that i like i jumped backwards scared <laughs> uh, oh i'm laughing but it's yeah not it's funny. the doctors were like just take a year and lay down <laughs> like just close your eyes for a full year. Yeah, and he did. He he purposefully Ooh. like turned down projects. He just didn't do anything for a year, which ultimately led to him not getting a lot of good work, which is Aww. why he winds up in like Super Mario Brothers and stuff like that. That's uh, a gem. What are you talking about? <laughs> you haven't seen it. No, I haven't. <laughs> I feel compelled to defend it on the on the merits of just being something everyone talks about. We will see it at some point. Yeah, okay. So yeah. So yeah. Just wanted to mention. Wow. The, this is the like we praise him. For the toll he, he took onto his mind. Yeah, for the rewiring he had to do to his brain. Yeah. That's messed up. I mean, like, I've done musicals where you start to dream in the musical. Mm. Like, the, the, the songs are always just there. And I don't mean, like, they're kind of stuck in your head. I mean, you can hear them. Yeah. But then it goes away. But have you ever, have I, you, has it gotten so bad that, like, you feel like you're in the reality of the musical? That's, that's what, <laughs> that's it, like, be, like, the no, next step, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I'm not seeing the musical happening in front of me. Ooh. That would be, oh my god, and just imagine being like, okay, I really thought this would have worn off. Yeah. It's been eight months since I had to do this movie. Just sitting on a couch, waking up, like, okay, I've been laying down for eight months, let's go outside, yeah. and, like, a weasel <laughs> flies at you with oh a razor. Oh, no, no, not done. <laughs> That fucking thing from the, like, the Fantasia fire demon fire. swoops down at you like, Jesus God! Imagine yeah. being that doctor, the first doctor you go to, like, I'm. you're gonna have to say that again. You can see cartoon weasels. And he's just bringing like, the VHS around with yeah. him wherever he goes, like, listen, <laughs> no, 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 look, it's, look at this. This. <laughs> this is what it is. I have a reason. <laughs> and just, like, completely dead serious. Yeah, which... Oh, funny. I just love Bob Hoskins. He's so cute. He's, He's such great. a cute little guy. <laughs> He's such a good actor. I really, yeah, it would be hard to do this with someone who didn't take their job very, very seriously. And he takes it so seriously. Like, so he seriously, is... he developed a medical condition. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I, like, hadn't seen really anything other than this movie of his until, like, maybe two years ago. But yeah he didn't do that much good stuff in the states so it was, sure. oh yeah he's british yeah. but i just want to throw that out there for our audience because he is convincing as hell oh yeah he's like, got a great like i feel like chicago accent what yeah, is that supposed to be anyway once yeah. you're aware of it and you watch this movie there's like two words that you're like ah i caught you, caught you. <laughs> <laughs> oh it's so good yeah, it, it really is just like it's a movie you can completely, like, you never have to be rooting for him to do it well. You can just enjoy him doing it yeah, well. You know what I mean? You'd think that you'd be watching to, like, watching for the strings, basically. Yeah, yeah, to, yeah. To yeah. See, but it's... No. No. doesn't work like that. Like, at the time, especially, I would have lost my mind seeing it. Like, I, I'm i sure I didn't see this until I was, like, eight or nine. So, sure. like, solid ten years after it came out. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, like, it... it it still floors me to this day, it to is. this very day. To this Especially, you have said that you haven't seen like Space Jam or any of the other no. types of things. When you compare to something like that, it is just like, wow, even today we can't do it right at all. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, imagine a studio being okay with a movie taking three years to make. Ugh. Like, eh, 
It would never happen. It would, it would never not happen for on anything that level. original. It would all no. You'd have to have it sure. be a, a Venom two or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't. I'm sure. I'm sure there are. You know. Yeah, it would have to be personal projects, right? Where yep. you take three years to make it because you're doing it on your own. You're it's DIYing it. The overlap of the time and the budget because it yes. was like close yeah. to a hundred million dollar budget, something like that. I think. Mm. Which in the eighties, goddamn. Not a lot. Like I mean, I know that. Money was flowing, and money and cocaine were flowing. <laughs> but uh, Money and cocaine both. Let me yeah. look up what that was, and I'm very curious. I'm roughly estimating. I, it's possible I don't remember the budget exactly, but it, it was something like that. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, it would be two and a half billion dollars today, <laughs> apparently. That doesn't seem right. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. No, I'm 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 adding a zero. It would be two hundred and fifty two hundred and fifty five million dollars. So as much just as like, like a Dune fucking lot that just yeah. came out. <laughs> and if Paul Atreides smooches a rabbit on the mouth, then we'll talk about comparing those two. Timothy Chalamet just turning to camera and saying, Shaving a haircut. <laughs> and then the the worm comes in <laughs> two bits. <laughs> God, I'm uh, I'm ruining Dune for myself as we speak. Uh, It'll never be that good. Oh, uh, no, uh, man. man. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. Uh, so that's all I brought to today's table for, for uh, oh, that's great. some researchy stuff on there. It pretty much is like you would look at any al- angle of this movie and be like, ah, that was impossible. And they figured out a way to do it. Yep. 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 Everyone is at the absolute top of their game. Yeah. Even if the game is drawing cartoons. Yep. It's absolutely fucking flawless. To quote a spider ham, you got a problem with cartoons? I had, I needed Quoth to hear... the spider ham. <laughs> I, I... It's like my brain just went blank. I like had, you were hitting the head with a clown hammer. Yeah, like I got hit in the head with a clown hammer. <laughs> an anvil dropped on my thinking processes. <laughs> Quoth the spider ham. I do not have a problem with cartoons. I'll say that. Oh. <laughs> okay, well then, in that case, tell me about... I've talked enough. Tell me about your uh, feelings on this. You're, sure. you're wrapping up thoughts. I just... I do really like that it's, it's a noir in every respect except there are cartoons. Yeah. Like, I just... I don't know how else to say it. There's the entire... If you just replace the cartoons... And their logic, yeah, their personalities with live action people. This is a perfect example of a noir. Yeah, just like just pitch perfect. Like one thing I forgot to mention. <laughs> oh, the so it's based on the novel, but yes. the general as lots of good noir movies are. <laughs> yes, uh, the general like plot beats of it, and the yeah. the general plot structure and the things that they didn't use from the novel were lifted from the sequel to the sequel of Chinatown. The movie oh, Chinatown. Okay. Big famous noir. Um, sure. Uh, they did a sequel, and then they were going to do a third movie. It got not happened. Oh, sure. And so they just lifted that story for this movie. That's one of the reasons <laughs> it's such a like solid noir story. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's literally the genre from. It yeah. Grew out of. I love that. Okay. Well, it totally comes across. It's yeah. very like. This is a, yeah, this is a perfect, like, Sam Spade. Mm. You're just watching him, like, he hates the world, and, but there's this, like, I don't know, 
there's the element of like it's not up to the main character to fix things the main character is working in a a system that he has no real power over yeah like you're rooting for them just to get through it totally yeah Yeah. like if you can just like not take a drink today that'll be a win like if you just don't die in this movie yeah and there's even like end of second act he pours out his his whiskey as he's going to toontown which is such a like little back in it feels like a good victory yeah yeah Yeah, he's got like the main character has this like wall around his heart and Mm. like he's very you know, hard boiled and whatever, and like it's because he's he's tender and he's hurting, like yeah. he's he's been wounded, and he has to just be like accept that and like accept vulnerability and go back into it and like become himself again, get his sense of humor back. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. so I really like. I look. I love that. There's that. Like it's not a kids movie or a cartoon in the sense that like and the hero saves the day. <laughs> it's just like this guy got some parts of his life back. It'll never be the same, but. Mm. Because, like, ultimately, the danger is the private industrialization, right? Like, the actual bad guy in this yeah. movie is the concept of being able to bulldoze a town. Yeah. Monopolies. Be- it being legal to bulldoze someone's home to build a freeway. Yeah. It's not... That's not... So, you can't detective your way out of that. That's not, like, what are you going to do about it? So there's this very, like, hopeless feeling kind of overshadowing all of that, if yeah. you really want to think about it. And that has this, like, noir noir tinge to it like mm-hmm. there's you're not fixing the world you're not fixing anything about the world but you and your best friend got through it or whatever yeah. you know you and your dame yeah like you you had enough little victories that you can fight another day or whatever totally yeah, yeah. that's that's all it's that's all it's about and then you have all this like cartoon stuff overlaid <laughs> on top of it but that's that's really it yeah 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 i <laughs> Uh, just very aware of how much in, in reading ahead of this, how aware I am that the brothers are named Eddie and Teddy. Just <laughs> dumb rhyming. Like, they never, they, I don't think they ever mention it in the same sentence, their names. No, <laughs> you have to put that together yeah, yourself, yeah. It's just so dumb. I love it. <laughs> Eddie and Teddy and Dolores. What was going on with them? Did they have a little th- love triangle? No, I think that Eddie and uh, Dolores were together. Oh, they were. Okay. And the loss of Teddy made it so that he couldn't participate in the relationship anymore. Oh, okay. It has has some energy of, like, Teddy and Dolores used to be together. Mm. But now there's, like, some... I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for that. No problem. Yeah. No, I love it. Um, No notes. (laughs) Great movie. It's as perfect a movie can be that is a noir with cartoons. Yes. Noir tunes. Noir tunes. Where your lead spent, was directed to spend half the movie envisioning his sexual fantasy. Okay. (laughs) That doesn't usually work out. Just fucking up Bob Hoskins' mind. Just like, okay, in this scene, you picture your sexual fantasy. Turn around, there's a giant rabbit flying at you. (laughs) Of course he started hallucinating. (laughs) Power to him. It's great shit. Yeah. So that's that's what I think. I, it's just such a great like. It's a noir without being in the noir genre, yeah. which I love because I have a hard time pinning down what a noir exactly is. Yeah. But I know it when I see it. I feel like you see the phrase noir infused or with noir elements a yes. lot. <laughs> Noirish. Anyway, what about you? Well, that's you pretty much summed up every everything I was planning on saying. Um, like the only thing that I would add in, the Bob Hoskins really selling the like almost over the like t- pushing it too hard but like i've got a i've got a difficult past and like yes uh yeah. what's the word Gruff i'm looking for and, like really grizzled being able to reconcile with that not to be like and my past was bad but to be like yep that's me 
I was, I'm hmm. that past guy. I was the sure. guy for the past few months or however long I've been trying to get away from my past, and now I'm back. I just accept it. He's accepting okay. of, of his past right. stuff. That, yeah, like, not not trying to discount the bad times. Yeah. yeah. I feel like that has that's just like nestled nicely into this movie with fucking cartoons and yeah. <laughs> uh, public transit plot. <laughs> the dangers of private enterprise. Well, that's the noir trope we all know. Uh, yes, your past catches up to you in the form of Christopher Lloyd. Uh, destroying public transit. I, it's you've seen it a million times. <laughs> I dream about it every night. <laughs> oh, you need help. Where's that doctor? <laughs> uh, well, now it is time for us to uh, use this wonderful movie to uh, program a double bill with, and we'll be shooting for something that's more arty. Is like love this movie, but it's not. It's it's mainstream time. It's 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 a capitalist product. <laughs> They're, they all are. I'm yeah, going too it's, hard. On. Yeah, it's it's yes. Mm. I know what you mean. I'm yes. having, as with noir, I'm having trouble <laughs> articulating exactly what that but framework. You want is. to articulate it, and that's what uh, that's what I like. Thank you, favorite, thank yes. you for giving me my participation trophy. So let's uh, do a double bill and throw a marquee title on there if we feel like it. Uh, how about you start then? I shall. Yeah. Um, so I'm going the much more serious route. <laughs> um, and I'm going to pair this with There Will Be Blood from <laughs> 2007. Um, because Walk me through this. You're going to love it. Um, I'm sure I will. The, it really caught me off guard. <laughs> the main relationship is like a guy and another guy who fucking annoys the shit out of him. And that, so in this framework, <laughs> Paul Dano, and uh, I've said it a million times, Paul Dano is Roger Rabbit. Yes, he is, isn't yeah. he? Where he just, like, he believes in himself very much. Like, he is not willing to change any part of his personality to, like, make the other person more comfortable yeah. or to, like, engender them to the cause or, like, anything. Yeah, and it's, so the, the relationship is this, like, push-pull of... One person trying to go off in one direction, but bring the other person along with them. And yeah. it's just like they have this constant competition <laughs> going on, even if neither of them is willing to admit it's a competition. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I'm picturing uh, Bob Hoskins telling Roger Rabbit he drinks his milkshake and he <laughs> yeah. just bludgeons him about the head. But in this does. scenario, you can, well, there you go. You can actually just have a milkshake with a cartoon straw that just <laughs> extends all the way into fucking Roger Rabbit's backyard. Um, oh, and I especially love learning that in the book, Roger Rabbit has like a quote unquote evil twin, like a possibly evil twin, because yeah. Paul Dano's character is supposed to be like, there are two different characters that you're never quite, quite sure, sure if it's the... the same person who was just lying to him initially. I still don't. I'm still not I, sure. And I refuse to look it up. I yeah. love it i love it as just part of the the fabric of the movie um but yeah and there is that overlay of like it's a noir in the sense that the the malaise that you feel Mm. isn't solvable by any one character per se there are forces at work that yes one could triumph over the other like the you know the church could triumph over the the oil field or vice (laughs) versa or whatever but ultimately it's just like you are headed in a direction that isn't like doesn't support humanity. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yes, to I do. get insanely serious about Roger Rabbit, for a but like 
that that dude was willing to bulldoze an entire town and like yeah. what are they a race of people what are the tunes What's uh, that? i don't matter. know an entire neighborhood an entire community yeah. was willing to just but like pave the fuck over it. it's an entire and this is on purpose it's an entire segregated neighborhood that's yes, what it's supposed to true. be yeah yeah yeah, so there's no exact like one to one of that, but he does he does want to like I'm going to dig up your town in order to oil. And yeah. it's almost a benefit for him, like ah, and then I can get rid of the church where Judge Doom has this like fuck tune. Yeah. Like I'm ashamed to be a tune or whatever. But it's this like I'm better than them and so that's yeah. why I deserve to build a I highway. I deserve on it them. because I'm smart because I can fool them. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the only like well that's not actually a good way of judging <laughs> what you are as a person. But and there's the, you know, severely alcoholic um main character. Yeah. Oh, nice. So that's what I'm going with. I'm trying to think of like a Jessica Rabbit equivalent, but there's no women. In no, there really is not, is there? There's his wife. There's there's the girl that his son grows up with, and they get married yeah. eventually. And yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. That that really caught me off guard because usually you build up through it, and I was just like, it's this. Ah! Oh my god. <laughs> I figured it would be hard to, yeah, it's not an exact one-to-one. It's more just my, my feeling. No, 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 yeah. It's just a vibe. And that's what uh, building a double bill is about. Just yeah. just finding things go. that vibe well together. Yeah. Or are so incongruously <laughs> coupled are that... Are so fucking weird together. Yeah, so I'm going to call this one drilling for dip. <laughs> you have this, like, menacing substance that will destroy people's lives. Yeah. There you yeah. go. Okay. And it sounds a lot more like a cartoon double bill than a it one does. cartoon, one serious, one serious, one live action, live action Daniel. And Daniel Roger Rabbit's the serious one, right? That's... I think that's you, you <laughs> accurately. Okay. Yeah. Over to you. Plus, I'll just take any any excuse to watch the Will Be Blood. It's. I was gonna say it's. It's a good time. It's not a good time. It's a time well spent. Yes, lovely. Thank you for that. Uh, so I I like that you went the relation like looking at the relationship mm. here because I went kind of the opposite. I went big picture on okay, it. Okay, okay. Where it's okay. about to me, I'm just blown away every time I revisit it. Like I wonder why I am as leftist scumbag as I am, and it's like <laughs> this has just got to be one of the many elements growing up watching. Like oh, corruption, destruction of public transit, monopolies. Yeah, these are all bad. Murder. Interesting. Um, and all of it being done with corruption as the the tool to get there. Okay. Um, so yeah, that it's all it's all quote unquote legitimate. It's sneaky, but it's legitimate corruption. Sure. Um, so it's legal I, corruption. Exactly. Yeah. Which boy are we all familiar with that? So <sighs> I am often compare this with another movie featuring like just generalized corruption as the as the like legal corruption again as sure. the the backdrop. Uh, but if my movie is paired with an import-export thing instead of public transport. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and it's all of it is trying to appear legitimate while Bob Hoskins specifically attempts to way, get away from his past. Oh. So I am referring to a lovely movie out of the UK called The Long Good Friday yeah, okay. from 1980. <laughs> uh. Which another reason I like this is because I, I already knew beforehand Long Good Friday leads to him getting eventually cast in a movie I haven't seen yet, but Mona Lisa. And it was oh, yeah. 
based on that movie that the casting directors were like, you know, it'd be good for Roger Rabbit as uh, Bob Hoskins. And I don't know anything about Mona Lisa other than it's very serious and a drama. Yeah, so. it's a, definitely a drama, right? <laughs> but it's a noir movie of sorts. So That's that's why casting directors have their jobs. Yep. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, but that's got Bob Hoskins and Helen Mirren, and it's directed by John McKenzie. Mm. Uh, it is... It's great. And this is coming from somebody who, like, I don't love, love noir gangstery movies, but this sure. one absolutely did it for me. It's good. Yeah. It's, it's a very, like, noose-tightening kind of a... Yes. Yeah. Uh, Haskins is a, a, a London gangster who's aspiring to become a legitimate businessman and trying to get rid of all of his past gang activity. Right. Um, to, and he's trying to form a partnership with uh, the boss of the American Mafia and uh, local construction... A boss who's like a political counselor of sorts, right? Yeah. Um, uh, to to redevelop the London Docklands and like to be in charge of that. So it's like kind of legitimate, but pretty shady. And yeah, you wouldn't be able to do this if you didn't have your your past like gangland connections. Yeah, but every time anybody points out his gang stuff in the past, he fucking loses it. <laughs> Hates it. Yeah. And, uh, like, all the little bulldog, British bulldog energy yes! in Bob Hoskins, and this is yes! so good. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. But uh, where this, I like this the, this specific pairing because the thing that does Bob Hoskins bad, does him in, in uh, Long Good Friday, is that he refuses to recognize his past and just uh, comes calling. Sure, Where sure, sure. in this, uh, Roger Rabbit, Bob Hoskins can recognize and accept his past yes. and use that to move through it. He and works to, through like, it. Solve the case. Nice. So, yeah. Yeah, it's a very, like, it, it has that, like, your past is not going to let go of you. But in, yeah, Long Good Friday, it's just like, nope, la, 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 <laughs> yeah. la, I'm legit. I'm legit. I'm just talking about Docklands now. Leave yeah. me alone. Because <laughs> if there's one thing we know the mafia loves, it's people leaving. Yeah. <laughs> people it. leaving. It's not digging up stuff in your past. Yeah. <laughs> Respecting your boundaries. <laughs> Especially where business is concerned. Yeah. Also, I think it was Pierce Brosnan's first movie, so there's some fun. Yes. Oh, Pierce there. Brosnan is Jessica Rabbit. Because he's used <laughs> as, like, the sex bait. Yeah, that's right. He is used as the sex bait. <laughs> to, yeah, to make oh. a blackmail plot. Yeah. Yep, yep. Okay. So Bob Hoskins was picturing young Pierce Brosnan, I'm assuming, is what was going on in front of it. I respect that. Great. I didn't think of a name, so I'm just going... I'm. Uh, it's long, it's good, it's cartoons. Uh, oh, boy. <laughs> Not sure uh, I feel about that, but uh, first draft thoughts. That's that's what I got. We'll work on it. It's fine. You have yeah. three years to work on it now. Apparently, <laughs> Roger so. Rabbit rules. Yeah, yeah. three years for it. Uh, oh, that's great. Yeah, two very good movies. Two very good and very different movies. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Nice work. Thanks. Nice work, Davis. Nice work, McLeod. Thank you so much. I think that'll about do us for this here episode of of Gartbidge. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, you can uh, find us at Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Chat us up there. We're, we're friendly and always looking for movie recommendations. Yes, please. Yeah. Erin, uh, where can people find you? Oh, they can find me on Twitter if they like, at um, Maclebase, M-A-C-L-E-B-A-S-S. And uh, you can find me at Dick R. Navis, D-I-C-K-R Navis. Uh, you can uh, please rate and review us on the podcast platform of your choice. We love to see it. Yes, please. And uh, please join us next time for another pile of garbage.
What's up, Doc? Jumping without a parachute? Kinda dangerous, ain't it? Yeah. Yeah, uh, you could get killed, huh? You guys got a spare? Uh, Bugs does. Yeah? Yeah, but I don't think you want it. I do, I do! Give it to me! Gee, uh, uh, better let him have it, Bugs. Okay, Doc. Whatever you say, here's the spare. Thank you. Ah, no! Ah! Ah, poor fella. <laughs> yeah, ain't I a stinker?